back into another exciting edition of the Broadway Bulletin. We've got another jam-packed episode in shore for you, so let's jump right in. Ain't No Mo opened at the Belasco Theater on December 1st, and I cannot wait to talk a little bit more about this incredible show. Um, this incredible, incredible, incredible show. That's all I, I can say right now, but it's an exciting uh, opening for the show. Um, Go, get, go see it. Go get your ticket. Go see it. <laughs> also, A Beautiful Noise opened at the Broadhurst Theater on December 4th. Um, and I had some people who were at opening night, and they absolutely loved it. And we're talking people from the next generation. So I think uh, we have an intergenerational jukebox musical right here for us. We also have friends in the show. Um, I've got a, a actor I dress, Pascal, mm-hmm. who's in it. And uh, we have uh, an actress that we knew from Bright Star, Mary. Mary Page, uh, who's in the show. I'm excited, and as of recording, I see it this week on Wednesday. So, ooh. Ooh, stay tuned. Some Like It Hot opens on December 11th. The very highly anticipated Some Like It Hot. It's been everywhere, getting pushed everywhere. So, uh, so here's uh, here's to them opening and, and, and all the hopeful success. In some less than ideal news, uh, K-pop announced its closing on December 11th. It was a very abrupt announcement. Um, came out early this week. Um, I think it was on Tuesday. And they're closing the following Sunday, the 11th. It was very abrupt. Um, this, of course, is being overshadowed by the controversy surrounding the New York Times Review among other things, uh, very unfortunate. This was a very um, different but exciting new show, um, especially because it's a Korean story told in Korean as well. Uh, I thought it was a fun show, so I'm really sad to see it go. Um, Some exciting theater community news. Um, There's an organization called the Harriet Tubman Effect, and it is a human resource center and institute for justice advocacy research that wants to dismantle systemic racism or systemic oppression and usher in a new era of empathy. So the group has a program called the Lantern Fund that serves as a resource to fund fund Lantern Ticks. And Lantern Ticks is a initiative and a call to action for accessible Broadway ticket prices for community members that have less access to tickets. So if that's something that interests you, there is more information about Lantern Ticks available at the web- at their website, HarrietTubmanEffect.com. That is a really, really interesting thing there. Uh, I love that there's an organization and a group out there looking to improve access to the theater. That's a big question that we ask our guests on Whisper in the Wings, you know, who do you help have access? And of course, one one thing we always kind of intend with that question is about like, you know, race, gender, sexual orientation on that. Who do you hope that the work reflects in the audience? But also, I mean, really, who can have access to this? Because especially if it's a Broadway show, we know what Broadway tickets are like. And so I love that there's a group that's like, Broadway is for everyone. We keep saying that. Well, we need to ensure that. Because there's only so much that the actors, the designers, the people that run the show can control. Ultimately, the producers are the ones setting the prices. So. Right, and and at the same time, you know, understanding that theater, while being an art form, is also um, something that is done for monetary gain. It is a business, and everybody who puts it on does need a living. Exactly, and so this idea of how do we combat that, and um, so what they've done with Lantern Ticks is basically there's the Lantern Fund, where you as an individual can go in and donate money, and that money goes to help buy tickets. That's wonderful. Because you never know who will get to go see a show, a Broadway yeah, show, and, and the next generation of artists. So, and uh, this 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 group has a um, application, basically, you can apply for, whether you're in a, you know, a certain community, certain economic standpoint, um, and get approval, or get a discounted ticket price. That's so, so cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Definitely go check them out. They have a lot of great information on their website. <clears throat> 
Now into some show chatter. It's an exciting show chatter. Um, as we continue to look at the big board of theaters that will be empty coming in the spring and that will not be empty, we have another theater that will not be empty now. As Fat Ham, the Pulitzer Prize winning show from this year, Fat Ham will be opening on Broadway in 2023 at the American Airlines Theater. It'll be the spring of 2023. Um, there were a lot of murmurs and rumors about what was going to be playing at the American Airlines Theater once 1776 closes, um, since Roundabout hadn't announced their next show, but they said there is something coming, and now we know what it is. And what's also interesting about this is keep in mind, Roundabout really only does revivals, or typically only does revivals. But we're this is a new work, so it's very exciting. And that just speaks to how good the show is. So I'm so glad that it's getting a Broadway run. Me it's too. a fabulous show. Me too. Also, the highly anticipated Once Upon a One More Time, uh, the Britney Spears musical, will open at the Marquee Theater in late spring of 2023. Another theater that will now be booked, so that's amazing. And yes, this is a highly anticipated show. A lot of people at first dismiss it because it's a Britney Spears musical, but it has been talked about a lot, being very, very smart, being very well put together. Um, So very excited about that. And speaking of great shows coming to Broadway, finally! I called this. We have had this conversation before. The Wiz will make its long-awaited return to Broadway after it sets out a national tour. It'll be returning the spring of 2024 to Broadway. Mm-hmm. And right now, they're pitching it as kind of like... Broadway is going to be a, like the final stop on their tour. So it's like a limited engagement. But we've seen this movie before with shows like Into the Woods and mm-hmm. um, other shows such as that where it's like, it's just a limited run. Oh, okay. now, and I know there were a lot of people that were hoping that the Wiz Live version would be what was done next on Broadway. Um, but this will be its own mounted production. Yeah. So it's using its Broadway tour more as a tryout than anything else. And which is smart. Plus, it also gains up that momentum to, you know, come on out to Broadway. There's some very clever marketing going on right there. Also, uh, Phantom of the Opera has delayed its closing until April 16th of 2023. I'm shocked. Shocked, <laughs> I tell you, to find gambling in this establishment. You tell me that Phantom is extended? I can't wait to hear the next extension or the fact that they postponed their closing. That's all I'm saying. Uh, no, it's exciting that they've done this. Um, I'm happy that people, more people will get the chance to see this iconic show. And you know, look, if they don't, if they end up canceling their closing notice and they continue to run, I'm not going to be mad. It's Phantom of the Opera. It's an iconic show. Let it run. I'm still the guy that's like, why are we closing the show? There's no reason to. I love Phantom of the Opera. I, don't get me wrong. I am not anti-Phantom. I'm the guy that's just like, there's no way this is closing. Let's be real. This is, mm-mm. Not going to do it. Finally, uh, Into the Woods will go out on tour. The current production of Into the Woods on Broadway. And then, Okay, so this is cool. This is cool. This is like total throwback to the heyday of Broadway musicals, you know, the 40s and 50s. So it's going to go out on tour with several of the current cast members. That's including awesome. Including Montego Glover, Stephanie J. Block, and Gavin Creel. Yeah, that's some old school stuff there where a show would leave Broadway and go out on the road with its current cast of big stars and that. Um, So it's not like a full-fledged, you know, 40 cities and 40 weeks kind of thing. But there's a select few cities across the country that this show is going to go to with these great great people, these great stars. Um, So if you weren't able to get to New York, check it out. See if it's coming to a city near you. It is a production worth making the trip to go see. Speaking of shows to go see, we want to give you some of the highlights of shows that we've seen recently. And the first one I wanted to talk about was done at the Linda Gross Theater. The Atlantic uh, Theater Company. Yeah, so this one is called The Far Country. And it was a, a surprise to me because I really didn't know what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this story is beautiful. And it's an important story to be told. Yeah, um, it deals a lot with the Chinese Exclusion Act, Mm -hmm. which, listen, as someone who, I mean, I took AP U.S. History, I love U.S. History and all that jazz, I don't know much about, um, I'll say, 
American Asian history. Mm-hmm. And um, the first kind of hard introduction to... And there were multiple Chinese exclusion acts, by the way, mm-hmm. was the Chinese lady at the public theater, mm-hmm. uh, which one of the actresses in this show was the Chinese lady at the public theater. Fun fact. Uh, Shannon Tio, who was on our show a few months ago. Anyway, um, and so this show, you know, kind of addressed that even more. And, I mean, not only, obviously, it's, it's a very racist law, but mm-hmm. also you just kind of see how it's another form of just exploitation of, of a people. You well, know, we allow how... these people to come over for their labor and everything, and then we're like, great, now we're done using you. No more. And purely based on their race. Yeah, and it also explores um, how there are people who will always find a way to exploit people. And, and, how, it, and how it creates... Well, and how laws like this set up the opportunities for people to be taken advantage of. Right. It doesn't solve a problem. It creates more problems. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it was a beautiful, beautiful show. Really well written. The ending came abruptly and the best way. Because mm-hmm. um, so I wanted... I thought we were going to keep going and I wanted more. And then it ended and I was like, wait, what? No, 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 no. no. I've got more questions. Hold on. Right. And that the, set. Well, that's, and that's where... I don't want us to go too far into it because I want people to go see it and we're going to save our actual review for our patrons. Yes. I just wanted to say the set was amazing. And and if you go see it, tell us what you think because it it wasn't what I thought it was. And when it finally was revealed what it was, I was like, what? So you, it, it's a shocking... This show is amazing. Uh, going to another established theater company but heading uptown for this one. On a show that I wish you could have seen. Uh, I need to get you to come see it somehow, some way. Up at Lincoln Center Theater in the Mitzi Newhouse Theater is Becky Nurse of Salem. Starring the Tony Award winning actress Deidre O'Connell. Deidre O'Connell can do no wrong. This is the third time um, I have seen her. Saw her in Dana H. Then I saw her in Corsicana. Now I've seen her in this. It's about a woman who works in Salem at the Salem Museum, who is like a long descendant of Rebecca Nurse. And her name is also Rebecca. And um, she gets fired from her job and then she delves into witchcraft to help like her granddaughter who's coming home from a psychiatric hospital after a suicide attempt. And so she taps into witchcraft to like find love, help her granddaughter, help her financial, and it blends the Salem witch trials, particularly about Rebecca Nurse, with modern um, witchcraft, I'll say, and, and this modern story. I'm not going to say the other part that it brings in that was really smart, um, but there's political nuance in there as well, which was really clever. And there's a big event that's that recently happened, and it's not political is the thing I want to point out. It's not political, but it brings it in. And it's so brilliantly written. I love this playwright. That Her name right now escapes me, but I love this playwright. Um, Sarah Rule. There it is. I love this playwright. And it's a gorgeous set. It's a gorgeous script. It's two and a half hours of the intermission, but it doesn't feel that way. You don't want it to stop. Um, everything just flows so well. This is a show definitely worth seeing. Um, it's going to be... You know, it, it's going to be on everyone's lips. So don't miss Becky Nurse of Salem. It's and and and, and it's not a a, a, a hard um, drama. It's it, I would. It's a comedy, maybe borderline dramedy. Like it's not a, it's not a rolling on the floor comedy, but it's it feels very real with like the way sometimes we deal with issues in our life is sometimes comedic. But sometimes when there are really, really serious things, we can be really, really serious. That kind of thing. So, And it's a great cast, too. So, Finally. Finally. Can we, can we talk about it? Yes, please. Let's do. What's the show, Hope? Ain't no mo. Oh, my gosh. This show might be the greatest 
play I have ever seen on Broadway. Wow. I I know. I know. Uh, it's definitely the greatest new work I've seen on Broadway for sure. Um, so it's already an historic work because it's the youngest playwright to ever, you know, play on Broadway. He's 23, I believe. How this young man was able to capture so much and such a serious conversation into 90 minutes is incredible. I I don't have enough time to go into every little thing right now. But what I'll say is I... I cannot remember the last show where I had to sit there after the final curtain for at least 10 minutes just to let everything wash over me, just to let it set in. I And it's not that like I was overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, it was just so much to watch these lights. No, it's just it was so powerful and impactful that I just needed to sit there for a minute and, and figure out what, what, how do I, how do I, process this so that I can leave you know um it was such an incredible story the themes discussed were this is a play that needs to be seen that needs to be taught that needs to be witnessed like this is on that level and what I love is that it's it's one of those written by Directed by, performed by, all on the same line. Like this is this is the 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 right person's doing all the story working telling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the audience is also reflective of it. And and when the show starts, uh, I'm just gonna give one little glimpse from this. Okay, when the show starts, it's like a, a it's a funeral, but it's like a Southern Baptist funeral. You know. So, of course, growing up Southern Baptist, I was living my best life. And we're having a funeral for the right to complain. And it's on November 4th, 2008, when President Barack Obama was elected. And it's a tongue-in-cheek commentary about now black people don't have the right to complain because now we have a black president. All the problems are over, right? And we're all, I mean, the, the audience interaction in this first scene is incredible. It reminded me a lot of Hedwig. Because there is no fourth, like literally the the pastor is talking to audience members and whatnot, right? Anyway, we're having the revival. It's great and everything. And then he drops the N-word and he starts talking about how the president is my N-word and your N-word. And that's when you notice a lot of us in the audience are like, I can't, I, I recognize that I can't be hooting and hollering at this because I know better, you know. There is that, I don't know what the word is. I, I just know that that's not a good word, at least for me, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know I, I don't know the perspective of a person of color, what they think. But I know for me, bad word, right? But we keep going, da, 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 and it kind of finishes with everything is going to get better from here. Everything's going to be all right. And the light shift and the cross on the stage turns red. And we immediately shift to audio clips about all the people of color that were murdered. Like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin... And I literally physically shivered. Because it happened that quick. Mm-hmm. And I, that's when I was like, wait, what are we getting into here? And from there we just went. And I was like, I... My notes look like confusion because I couldn't... I was just so consumed by the show. I have to go back and see it again. I'm going to go back and see it again. I am dragging you... Well, I shouldn't say dragon. I'm sure you want to go, but you know what I mean? Like, you have to go. Anyone and everyone, that is now at the top of my list. It's so important to see. So. Um, lastly, I mean, we are now in the holidays. Happy holidays to everyone out there. Um, everything is humming along out here. The Radio City tree is up. You know, the Christmas Spectacular is going. I feel like the tourists are all... SantaCon's this weekend. Oh, no. SantaCon. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Look, if you participate in SantaCon, it's fun. But for the rest of us, it's a... Oh. Um, but as we wind up the year, as we wind on the year, and it is, tis the season of, you know, 
goodwill and everything. If you feel the need to send a gift to your lovely friends here at Stage Whisper, we would greatly appreciate it. And we encourage you to head over to our Patreon. Yeah, go to uh, patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. We have lots of different options for our backstage pass for monthly contributions. We also have our tip jar if um, you want to give, but you're not able to give too much. You know, so... Just give a dollar. Give what you can, and we would really appreciate it because your contributions help us continue to create content and continue the discussion and build the community that we love so much. And it helps us continue to attend these shows and bring them to you. And by attending, I mean, you give back to these communities. You are supporting live theater. And that is a huge gift that you give to this art form. So patreon.com slash stage whisper every dollar. Stage whisper pod. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. Patreon.com slash stage whisper pod. Um, every dollar means the world. It goes so far. So thank you. Thank you to all of our current patrons. You are rock stars. And thank you to all you listeners out there. What an incredible year we've had so far. Um, it's been amazing. Now, uh, as we head into the next part of our Broadway Bulletin, we have a very, very exciting uh, interview across the sea. We're going to England. I'm not going to do a British accent. That's just offensive. Um, but we chatted with Lucy Hunt, who is the producer, and Joshua Morn, who is the writer and performer of a new work being presented by Springbok called Our Nice Jewish Boy. Um, it's a very intriguing show. I was so happy they reached out to us to talk to us, so I can't wait to share this show with you. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation on Whisper in the Wind. Welcome in, listeners, to a very special episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have two wonderful guests joining us all the way across the ocean from the wonderful land of the UK. We have Lucy Hunt and Joshua Morn, who are the producer and uh, the writer slash performer of the new work, Our Nice Jewish Boy, which is playing at the Hope Theater December 13th through the 17th. Lucy, Joshua, thank you so much for joining us today here on Whisper in the Wings. Thanks for having us. I'm very excited. Oh, the advents of technology. We are able to have this lovely conversation in two different countries about this incredible new work, Our Nice Jewish Boy. Um, I am so beyond amazingly excited about this. Uh, You all reached out to me on Instagram to... To, to talk more about this and everything I've seen about it so far, like I just mentioned when we were talking before, it looks deceptively like, mm, I don't know, like it, it's got this lovely title, Our Nice Jewish Boy, but all of the posts and that, it's like, uh, that doesn't match up. So Joshua, with you being the writer of the show, why don't you tell us a little bit about what this show is about? Of course, yeah. So Nice Jewish Boy is a coming of age tale and it follows a character, well, a character called Josh, and it's semi-autobiographical. Um, and it follows Josh as he moves, uh, like in the first few months of him moving from his hometown where he grew up in South Africa to London and navigating his queer identity and his Jewish identity. So Josh um, or, uh, Josh knew he was gay and knew he would come to London and come out. And as he arrives in London, he, he realizes that he's gay and he wants to come out as gay and he comes out and he lives quite an expressive life in London, but then there is still his family back home. And his family back home are quite conservative Jewish, um, or Jew, like Jews. Um, so the play follows him the day before, the day of, and the day after his 19th birthday, um, and he is gifted his worst nightmare at the time from his parents on his 19th birthday, and he has to navigate how how he can deal with that present, and if he can deal with the present. Hmm. Ooh. 
I'm hooked because I literally was about to ask him what was the present, but I'm like, no, I'll just save that, save that. I will have to come see it. Um, so you mentioned that it's autobiog autobiographical. How did you come up with the idea to, to pen that? So, yeah, so I say, yeah, I, to save my reputation, which I've said many times, I'm saying it's semi-autobiographical, just so when my gran is sitting in the audience, she is is happy watching it. Um, but um, I, I had written a draft uh, quite a while back, and it was at a time where I was kind of struggling with both identities. So I put pen to paper and I wrote a little bit, um, but it was quite indulgent and it was quite like a sub story about these two identities. And I, I just thought for this kind of show where I really want to protect both communities that I speak about, I can't have it be this like harrowing tragic tale all the time. So I kind of pushed it to the side, but then our production company, which Lucy and I run together, Springbok, um, did a show at the Hope Theatre in Islington where Nice Jewish Boy is playing um, in the summer and that went really, really well. So the theatre said, do we have anything else to, to give them and to run at the theatre? And I said, mm, I've I've got this play, but it's indulgent, so I'm not sure. Um, but then I sat down with Phil Bartlett, who's the artistic director, and pitched it to him and he loved it. So I was almost forced to write a less indulgent version which hopefully I have done well that's incredible what a tale there now I want to bring uh Lucy in here Lucy you're the producer of the show what has it been like developing the show uh so never a question whether we we're going to put it on or not it had to be put on I think it's a beautiful like tale that everyone should come and see um so I I've just got so excited about it and it's kind of been eye-opening because I mean I I'm I like I'm an actor but I'm kind of branching out into these other um job descriptions and yeah I quite I've had a lot of fun with the like business side of things and promoting it and selling the tickets and I also am doing a bit of the stage designing so yesterday I went and picked up a massive disco ball and was mm -hmm. just on the tube with like a 60 centimeter wide disco ball and I got a couple of that yeah. I, I'm just imagining that. I mean, I've got to say, as someone who's here in New York, th that's nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, that's a team. You know, it's right yeah. the, the train with the, a disco yeah. ball, you know, come on down. That's the one line. Um, yeah. But that's fantastic, though, that that you are, are wearing so many hats within yeah. this show. Now, I'm going to ask a question to both of you, um, starting with you, Lucy. Is there a message or thought that you're hoping the audience takes away from the show um I think the thing that I want people to take away is to just be proud be proud of who you are and know that there is a community for you somewhere no matter who you are and that you can be more than one thing and they can coexist and and yeah just how great London is really <laughs> and heaven nightclub Love Heaven Nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> and turning up to, to Joshua, our star and our writer, what is the message or thought you're hoping audiences take away? Um, I think something that really inspired the show and, and is like the driving force for me behind the show is I think when I was coming out and wrestling with both of these identities, I was plagued by expectations, so expectation of what the Jewish community would have in terms of a gay accepting a gay person, but also expectation of um, how religion is perceived in terms of um, the queer community and queer hookup culture or just queer culture. So I think something that I've really tried to push is that it's it's no one's journey but your own um, and the expectations that you think are there may be there, but they don't matter. And there's no right way to come out. There's no right time to come out. And there's no right way to be queer. And there's no right way to be Jewish. As long as you're being safe and as long as you're being inclusive, um, it's your journey. No one else's. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> so sticking with you just for a minute, uh, Joshua, how long have you been working on Our Nice Jewish Boy? Got well, I mean, technically, I've been working on the concept of the place since I decided I was going to come out as gay, because um, that's been developing the plot of it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I first had the idea 
probably when I when we were in rehearsals for these craters of ours, which was the show we did in the summer. Um, so it's not been long at all. We literally finished these craters of ours at the end of August. Um, mm-hmm. Phil emailed me at the end of August saying, "Bring something back." I got a draft to him and had I must have had our first meeting with him at the beginning of September, and then tickets went on sale at the beginning of October. So it has not been long at all. It's probably been about three, four months now. Um, so it's been a whirlwind, but it's been, I mean, very exciting. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So let me make sure I got this right. You sent this guy a, a draft of this play and he's like, fabulous, puts tickets on sales before everything is finalized, casted, rehearsed. Yeah, um, I can't. So, I mean, casting wise is, I mean. Obvious you. <laughs> Um, but I think, you yeah, know, so we had, I mean, we have a, the most fabulous director called Jake Sampson and he, he, I think we probably hired him like a week or two weeks before tickets went on sale. Um, it was very, very quick, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the draft was sent. I had written, I would say it was three quarters finished when tickets went on sale. Yeah. And I think we sold out 50% of our tickets before we started rehearsals, yeah. <laughs> which is just mental. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> it's <Yeah>. the dream. <laughs> that's like the opposite of how most things work usually. Usually everything's like set and then they're like, great, now we're going to go ahead and open and sell tickets and all that. And this is like, cool, we have a name and he's written something on a napkin cool all right we'll sell tickets that sounds good yeah we do so we do it a bit differently in Springbok mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a Hollywood film thing where it's like pitch me an idea great done sell those tickets <laughs> I mean we've been lucky I think what's so lovely is that the, because this play I mean we, we we said from the beginning I said to Phil when we were speaking about putting it on um I something I've been always very conscious of being very careful with is the fact that we have there are two very um sensitive topics and two very previously and still to this day discriminated against communities so it was very very important for me not to isolate either of them throughout the play but something that's also lovely is that then it becomes kind of more of a universal tale and I mean the gays and the Jews always pull through so we had tickets to sell and they sold (laughs) That is a perfect jumping off point to my last question for this first part of the interview. Uh, And I'll start with you, Joshua, which is who do you hope have access to the show? So I think, I I think obviously I I would love a 18 year old boy who is either, he doesn't even need to be queer, who is struggling with his Jewish identity because he doesn't agree with something that he's been taught or something he's learned about Judaism. Or if I've got, it doesn't need to necessarily be a a Jewish boy, but a queer person who's struggling with his queer identity. I would love, I would love someone who's on the same journey that this character is on to come and watch it. And, and as Lucy said, learn to be proud and know that it will be all right. But even more so, I think we live in a world where extremist religion is often used for discrimination against the LGBTQ plus religion uh, um, community and where we are still seeing hate crimes day in day out towards Jewish people towards other religions towards queer people so I think even more than queer Jewish people seeing this play and realizing it's great because I think they know it they know what's happening already they know their story I would love allies and I would love the communities on the outside to come and understand this narrative and understand this story because it is it's a story that happens to so many people so I would yeah I would love allies or people who haven't fully understood this narrative before to come and and learn and then Lucy how about you um who do you hope have access to this beautiful show everyone everyone needs to see the show it's beautiful and I think Josh strikes an amazing balance between um beautiful storytelling and educating and I think I'm just I'm just so excited for when my dad comes to see the show and then he's he's literally gonna have so many questions at the end um because I I do think that um anyone yeah I think everyone should come but it, it this show will do an amazing job of maybe making people open up and have conversations that they never would have previously thought they would have, especially for people that aren't necessarily 
around people in these communities the Jewish community or the queer community if they're not around them in their daily lives they probably never thought about the contradictions and the conflicts that can happen for these people that are dealing with their identities so I think just everyone and everyone should see something like this. shift the conversation a little bit um and just let our listeners have get to know you amazing people a little bit more i mean i i would love to spend hours talking with you you both this is fantastic but i want to start by asking uh lucy one of my my favorite questions which is what shows uh composers or playwrights in the past have inspired you oh um I mean, aside from Josh himself, amazing writer. Um, me and Josh went to see this play called Cruise, um, which Jack Holden wrote, starred in, one-man show. And I remember afterwards, me and Josh just sat there in the theatre for like 10 minutes, just in tears, questioning what was life, just having, you know, really in the feels. And I was like, this is what theatre is meant to do. Um, so say, yeah, we and we were discussing earlier about how you find the most unexpected shows sometimes in London and you just stumble across them. So I wouldn't say it's ever been like a well-known playwright or um, like a big show that's inspired me. It's always the little ones that I go to and I'm like, oh, wow, they've done this. Like this deserves a bigger audience than it's getting. But the intimacy of having this small audience in this community that have come together to see an incredible piece of art um, is what inspires me a lot. Joshua, what shows or playwrights or composers have inspired you? Um, I think, well, obviously, I mean, trying uh, doing this one man now, there, there are some people like Jack who are so accomplished in, in their writing. And I mean, he's got a quality in terms of his acting that I, I haven't seen before. Um, but then there's the obvious. Um, and I, I think she will always be my favorite in the, in the industry uh, is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is just hands down one of the greatest talents we've got. Um, but having said that, I've also tried to steer this play as much away from a flea baggy kind of one man as possible, because I think it is silly to compete with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, but there's people, there's someone called Michaela Cole, who is a British writer. She wrote, she's written some TV um, called I May Destroy You and Chewing Gum, which are both really, really incredible pieces of work. And then most recently, I've seen a play called My Son's a, a musical called My Son's a Queer, But What Can You Do? Um, which is by, um, by a performer called Rob Madge. And they are otherworldly in their talent. And it's a show about their parents accepting them for being someone who is queer, um, someone who is non-binary. It's it's incredible. Um, so at the moment, yeah, Rob Madge is, is top of my books. I, I am actually aware of that show. Um, we stumbled across them on, again, on Instagram. And I was like, what is, I didn't know that it was, uh, it, it is a show that's in, in in England, if I remember correctly, memory serving me right. And I thought it was here in New York. So I kept trying to find it. I was like, where is this? And I was like, oh, well, hopefully it makes it over here. Cause oh, it, it would be a treat. I mean, they're just incredible. I mean, we're it's still waiting for everyone's talking about Jamie here in New York. So, I mean, the long the laundry list of shows but that one looks so it is I think I think that's the thing my favorite kind of thing with theater is when it affirmed when it I mean it was just life affirming I sat Mm -hmm. there and I watched someone else's story being told that could have been my story as well and I went with my parents and we were all just sobbing and it was it was completely life affirming um uh, it was beautiful Okay, I love that. That that warms my heart on this chilly morning. <laughs> well, let me stick with you, Josh, for this next one. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? Ooh, um, well, this is not necessarily working in the theater, but I mean, doing what I've done in the theater industry in the past few years is the fact that I do it every single thing I do with Lucy, who is my best friend. Um, and the fact that I... 
I'm so I'm very proud of this show and very proud of how it's going sales wise and and how it's going rehearsals wise and the fact that my business partner who I have to turn to every day to speak about these kind of things is my best friend is I think just the luckiest thing in the world but I think in terms of the actual industry I think the platform that creatives are given in terms of social change and transformation that is that is why I make theatre that is why I perform theatre I think giving a voice to those who have previously been silenced and telling stories that haven't been allowed to be told on stage before, I think is the greatest power of theatre. And I think I think it's quite naive for us to think that theatre is just entertainment. I think it is a platform for social change and social justice. So yeah, the fact that I have, I have that platform in any shape or form, I mean, that's why I love theatre 100%. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> someone put that on like a poster and plaster <laughs> that everywhere. <laughs> Lucy, I, I'd love to hear your answer on this one. What is you know? Because you 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 have been wearing multiple hats as we've talked about: producer, actress, scenic designer. You know, what is your favorite yeah. part about working in the theater? Um, obviously, aside from yes, working with my best friend, which is just <laughs> great, um, and takes all stress out of life. Um, say it's just finding new friends um and meeting creative people that inspire you and you bounce off and you go down yeah different alleys like if I'd never met Josh I don't know if I'd be a producer right now or would have had the confidence to put on creators which I wrote um and yeah and when we auditioned when we put out a casting call for the show we did in the summer I think we had like 30, 35 people come and audition for the role. And I was just so taken aback that people wanted to come and audition for our show in the summer. About 30 boys showed up and it was just really overwhelming how many people wanted to be involved in something that I'd written. Um, and then through putting on those auditions, we met some incredible creatives. And then we just are building up this community of people that we can work with and then hopefully tell other people's stories as well as Josh's. Oh, that's a, so you guys held auditions for the show as well. Am I understanding that right? For the last show that we did. Oh, yeah. The last, um, the last show. Yeah. The last show we did, I wrote and it was a two, it was a two hander play. So we needed to cast a guy to play alongside me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we cast for that. I very selfishly snatched this role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that, um, I was curious to know, um, have either of you seen any great theater lately? Um, now, Joshua, why don't I start with you? You'd mentioned, of course, the show. Um, I'm gonna botch the title. Uh, my son's gay, what of it? My son's a queer, but what can you do? There you go. I'm swinging <laughs> a bit. I got one for two words out of that. Um, but have you seen any other great theater that you might be able to share? Yes, I mean, I was actually in New York a few, a couple of months ago, and I saw a show by someone called, well, I don't know his surname now, but Jack is the name of the person who directed it, and he's fab, um, called This Beautiful Future. Um, mm -hmm. and it, was, uh, it was just, A, the most aesthetically pleasing show I think I will ever put my eyes on. But so beautiful, so sensitively told, so well directed. So I really love that. I have seen, yeah, my son's a queer, but what can you do? I have seen, I, I mean, I must have seen. Oh, Cabaret in London, if you're in London, is one of oh, the most it's so good. Yeah. It's on our list to go see. It looks That's so really good. good. And then, yeah, I mean, you can, this is not on anymore, but you can watch it online. The Royal Shakespeare Company's production of King John that they did, um, where they cast the magnificent Rosie Sheehy, who is who's a young actress to play King John, is the best piece of theatre I've ever seen, and I think I will ever see. It was exceptional. Oh wow! Now, Lucy, how about you? I mean, you jumped in with the cabaret. So we're yeah. all on the same page with cabaret. Uh, when we recorded our episode of covering cabaret, we even mentioned in it Eddie Redgrave and um, Annie Lennox, I think. Yeah. Annie yeah. Lennox. Yeah. So, but uh, what other shows have you um, seen? 
oh, I've seen a really bad show recently, but I should I probably shouldn't say what it was. Um, Unless it's one of those, I, it's so bad that it's good, you know. <laughs> it was, it was more just like some of the staging was. I think just chosen for style, not substance, is what I'd say. Mm. But like the the overall show, I could see what they were they were achieving by doing it. But I yeah. Um again, not something that's on anymore, but Twelfth Night was done at the National and you can watch it. They did a live recording and that was incredible. That was so good. We've come to my favorite question, which I'm very excited to ask you to. Um because just so far learning what all you have done uh, and, and your experience in the theater, um, the, the question is, what is your favorite theater memory? And Lucy, is it okay if I start with you on that one? Oh, sure. Oh, my God. Um, I think my favorite theater memory was, aside from going to see Cruise with you, Josh, also going to see Spring Awakening with you at the Almeida Theater. We went mm-hmm. to see it on... New Year's Eve that we saw the matinee on New Year's Eve and then we went out clubbing that night and that is just one of my favorite days in life in general but we went yeah we went to see Spring Awakening at the Alameda Springbok the next day yeah and then we started our company the next day so yeah that's incredible and what an interesting night to go from Spring Awakening to clubbing that's 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 ever on New Year's Eve. What a way to close out the year and start the year! But that's incredible, mm. Joshua. How about you? What is your favorite theater memory? Um, I'm going to give two because I actually can't pick. One's a bit. Well, they're both actually absolutely. Uh, my first one was on. Oh my god, I can't even. What day did we? On the 19th of August this year, Lucy and I opened these craters of ours, which was our first professional production um, that we did together, and we then went to this. We, we didn't know it was going to be like a jazz cafe place afterwards for a meal. And there was this mirror on the roof of, of this restaurant and we both looked up to it. And then we just kind of were like, oh my God, we've just opened our first show together. And it was just one of those moments that like I could have bottled up. And I think if I, if when I get very nervous or if I doubt that nice Jewish boy is going to be good or that whatever, that's the kind of thing I, I, I remember. And then another thing, which is, I mean, so my uncle was was a gay man and was Jewish as well, and he was an actor. Um, and I mean, Nice Jewish Boy is his story as well, just as much as mine. Um, and he came to Cape Town when I was living there um, to on holiday, but then he helped me prepare for my drama school auditions. And we sat in his hotel room and was out lo- looking over the beach and the seas in Cape Town, and we just went through and spoke about Richard II and about a speech about like how tangible life is and for me I think that was when I was I really it was really affirmed for me that this is probably what I would do for the rest of my life so yeah I was very lucky I mean when you know you know do either of you have any projects or productions that we might be able to plug and help promote for you um, it looks like Joshua does. So maybe, uh, Joshua, you want to start off with this one? Oh, no, I, I don't. I mean, Springbok has some very exciting things coming up next year, which we're not going to announce just yet. But just follow us on Instagram so you can keep up to date. But um, after Nice Jewish Boy, we'll be coming back with some very exciting projects. Lucy, do you have anything that we might be able to plug for you? Uh unless you all want to come to my drama school graduation. Um, yes, when is that? Oh, I don't, or oh, sometime in June, we haven't got the dates yet. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be graduating, but um, Creators may be making a second appearance at some point, hopefully in conversations and potentially maybe transferring it into a film, depending. Um, so I'm working on the screenplay for that. Um, but it's all, yeah, all stuff that has potential and we're fingers crossed and hoping. Amazing. Well, all right, listeners, you heard in June, we're packing our bags. We're heading to London. We are going to Lucy's <laughs> drama school graduation. We'll be there with little flags cheering you on. <laughs> I love that. Well, our, my final question for you both is if our listeners want more information about our nice Jewish boy playing at the Hope Theater or about either of you, 
and maybe they want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Um, yeah, I mean, also, oh, Instagram is at springbok, which is S-P-R-I-N-G-B-O-K, and then two underscores. Um, and you can find our contact details there. The Hope Theatre, www.thehopetheatre.com. That's where you can find tickets and information for Nice Jewish Boy. Um, yeah. Well, Joshua, Lucy, thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you, Andrew. This has been amazing. I, I'm so excited for you for the show. I wish I had a private jet that I could just pop over <laughs> right now and um, go see the show because it sounds amazing. All the work you're doing sounds amazing. Um, so congrats on all the success that you're seeing with everything. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, thank you very much. My guests today have been the producer Lucy Hunt and the writer-performer Joshua Morn, who are a part of the new show, Our Night's Jewish Boy, presented by Springbok, being uh, performed at the Hope Theater, December 13th through the 17th. Tickets are going fast, so make sure you get yours right now by visiting thehopetheater.com, and that's theater with an R-E. Um, Listen, if I was over in England right now, I would definitely be logging on in the middle of this interview buying tickets. So don't miss your chance to get it. And if you need more information or you want to reach out to these amazing people, you can do that via the website or you can also find them on Instagram at springbuck with two underscores afterwards. And we're going to post all this amazing information on the episode description and on our social media. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theatre. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is DJ by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>